You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast with Pastor Daniel Williams as we go through a series called God Redeems, a study through the book of Exodus. Hey, if you have a Bible, 2 Corinthians tonight. Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians or if it's a tablet or a phone, it's in the New Testament. Uh, we've actually been in Exodus, the book of Exodus, and we still are plowing through, we're going through. Uh, in this series called God Redeems, we're looking at the Israelites and how God redeemed them, freed his people, and walks with his people. Just like he frees us, redeems us today, walks with us and leads us. But we're looking at it at an advantage point of the lens of the gospel through Jesus. And what I want to do tonight is uh, do a little shorter message because we do have the afterglow service and we want to try to make it shorter. Um, I, don't know, I don't know why we could just be here all night when we talk about Scripture, but I'm going to do my best uh, because I think it's really important. We're in a section in the book of Exodus where it's this season of wilderness. God has just freed his people and he's leading them to the promised land, somewhere he promised he would get them. But the way that he is going to sanctify his people and the way that he sanctifies us even today is through this pattern or this thing called the wilderness, the desert, trials. And he actually works in our lives in such a way where he gets the glory and we depend on him. And we learn to know who he is in a more intimate way. And so what I want to talk to you about is I give you a, sort of an example from the New Testament with the same principle as we're going to study these sort of test trials and uh, stories in the book of Exodus as they wilder through the wilderness and sort of do a deep dive in this being dependent on God topic, dealing with trials, dealing with our life through the Apostle Paul. And so I want to talk to you tonight about dependence on God. Dependence on God. You've probably heard about this subject before. If you've gone to church, faith or trust, or maybe Proverbs 3, uh, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your uh, path straight. God wants to guide us, and He will guide us as we submit to Him. And another way that we can frame this or think about the wilderness and why God leads us in such a way is so that we would rely on God. God wants us to rely on Him. Not our own wisdom, not our own ways, not ourself, but on God, on His wonderful ways, on His wisdom. And God matures us through wilderness seasons, through trials. God wants this for us. He wants reliance. He wants us to be dependent. And what I want us to do is to look at this subject and for us to examine our hearts and to pray for reliance upon God. Because when we look at the story, we need to see ourselves in this. We need to trust that God is good enough, that he's powerful enough to keep us in the midst of our storm, in the midst of our life right now. You know, it was Martin Luther that once said, the Christian life is just a continual repentance. It's one that changes and turns always towards Christ. And we just, we just keep going over and over and over again to Jesus. It's so important. Right now I'm reading a book on prayer. It's by a guy named to uh, Toby Lofton. And he says this, We can be our own worst enemy, especially when we rely upon self rather than God. But how can we always go back to ourselves? We're in this broken nature. We're in this, this thing of, of just self-reliance. And we need to pray and ask God for help when it comes to this area to not just study a subject, but to have it inside our bones and our soul. And we need to pray. We need to ask. 
We need to come as God's people and say, God, we want to be reliant on you, and we need to ask others to pray for us. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul does as he goes through a wilderness season or a trial in the New Testament. With the New Covenant, with seeing the cross, Jesus died, rose again. He was radically transformed, redeemed, but yet he was being led by the Holy Spirit, and he still went through some stuff, just like us. Sometimes we could even look at the Old Testament and say, well, that was the Old Testament. We now, we're now in the grace and we have all this different stuff. And No, Christian, you're still going to suffer. The wilderness is still for you. And I want you to read this text with me and listen to what he says about his own trial, his own type of wanting to depend on God, and he asks others to help him to do so. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11 says this. Indeed, We felt that we have received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that that He will deliver us again. You also must help us. How? By prayer. So that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted through the prayers of many. Let's pray right now and just ask the Holy Spirit to teach. Jesus, we just thank you again. This is a house of prayer. We want to come humbly before you and we want to do a work. So even now as we talk a message called praying for reliance, God, we just want to pray for reliance. We want to ask, God, that you would help us to trust you more, submit more, build our faith. Lord, help us in our unbelief. We've come to this point to hear from you, But Lord, we lack so much. We're not as strong as we'd like to be. We're not as bold as we want to be. But God, you love us for who we are. We don't have to hide that. We just need to embrace your grace, Lord. We need to understand that we're weak and you are strong. And so we acknowledge that. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring a strength, a supernatural strength, strength and a faith and a hope and a love in this moment as we study your word and even see the great Apostle Paul Lord, submit his life to you in, in just necessity and in uh, reliance to you. So God, we rely on you. Holy Spirit, I rely on you to speak through me to your people. And this I pray, Jesus, in your powerful and precious name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank God that we can pray. We can ask God to help us, huh? Uh, man, in this section of scripture, the Apostle Paul, he's testifying of an incredible lesson that he learned. He needed to rely on God. Have you learned that lesson yet? Have you lived this life and understood that you need to rely on God? So far as to say, he would say the purpose that he was even afflicted, going through a trial, having a hard time, a wilderness season, was that so God could comfort him and that he could learn how to rely on God? What perspective? Because you know what? When I suffer, I don't have that perspective most of the time. I complain just like the Israelites. Isn't that what we saw and we will see over and over and over again, this rebellion, this complaining against God, against other people, shifting blame, because it's never my fault, it's always someone else's fault. Even back from the garden, it was like that. When sin enters in, it gives us a a rebellious skew of the world. And sin means to rebel against God, and we live in this broken, fallen world. We're more like the Israelites than we think. But man, I want to be like Moses, that man of faith, 
who cried out to God in Exodus 15 last week, and God answered his prayer and did a miracle. And you know what? When we have faith and we cry out to God, he does a miracle in our hearts. He transforms us. He changes us. And Paul, he suffered. He says it so much that he says we felt that we have received the sentence of death. Feelings. Y'all have them? Emotion? This is how he felt. He felt like he was sentenced to death. Have you ever been there before? Like you've just wanted to give up? Like you've suffered? But he understood that there was a purpose in in his suffering. And he had to take his situation, not just by his feelings of how he felt, but he took it to trust, to faith. And he said, this is going to bring me closer to God because if I feel this way, then it's going to mean me be relying on God, being more dependent on God. And he literally says he rejoices because of this. That's what faith can do. It can give you perspective. It can help your life. It could change your life in a trial, in a storm, in a situation. And Paul the Apostle would teach this doctrine to the church, people like me and you that trust the Lord. In Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, he says, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering, well, it produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. I sure hope that you have a hope in the Lord today. He says the real emotions and the real pain that he was going through was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God. The hardship of the real emotions, the hardship of the pain that he was going through, he doesn't dismiss it and neither does God in your life. But he says it was to make, there was a purpose to rely, reliance on not myself, but on God. And this is so true as we cling to God in this situation. In our suffering, in our pain, in our plenty, and in our satisfaction, as we cling and turn to God, we are blessed. And this is why Jesus tells us to come. To come to Him, to cling to Him, to rely on Him. And He will cast no one out as we go to the Lord in our weakness. In fact, He made a way, it's called the good news, the gospel, that He would die for this rebellion, die for this sin, die for complainers, sinners, people that are weak like you and me, so that we can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. God made a way that we can rely on Him. So why don't we? Why don't we just always cling to Him? And we have to understand we're in this fight and this old sin nature in our lives. It's strong and it tempts us to rely on ourselves and not to God. The Bible reveals that selfishness is the continuous struggle and fault of humanity. It's one where we always think about ourselves. It's one where we always struggle. And we see this from the very beginning, from Adam and Eve Trusting in their own tuition, eating their own fruit, buying into the lie, and sin nature enters into humanity and the fruit is not good. If you look at the story of the Bible, including the story of Exodus and the Israelites, their pictures are patterns for us to see what, it's look like, what it looks like to follow God and not follow God. It reveals His character. In Genesis chapter 11, we see that humanity, they tried to build something, a tower, to give themselves a name, to bring themselves glory, not looking to the Lord. And God dispersed it, the Tower of Babel. He said, man, there's great power and unity, but they're doing it for their own glory. And it's going to get them in trouble. And so because of that, division happened, and he separated people. 
You remember the story of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and chapter 20. Abraham went to Egypt. God didn't tell him to go to Egypt, but he went to Egypt. And to try to protect himself, he lied about his wife, Sarah. Said, no, this isn't my wife, it's my sister. Well, maybe he didn't say it's not my wife. He just left that little fact out. Got him in a lot of trouble. Why? Self. Well, more examples. Numbers chapter 14. We're going through Exodus. Numbers says a lot about the Israelites. Remember how... uh, They were so afraid, the Bible says that they wanted to run back to Egypt as they journeyed uh, from the promised land. They couldn't move forward. They couldn't see faith. They complained. And wanting to just just rebel against God, they said it was so much better in Egypt. And they started exaggerating as if it was like a luxury four-season hotel. They were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves. God freed them. But sin blinds our eyes. So much so that we think we are wiser than God. This is one of the reasons why they were complaining. Because they said, I don't like your plan. Now, none of you guys would ever say that to God. But don't you feel that all the time? I don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to give that money. I don't want to love. But yet we see this story over and over. 2 Samuel, another key hero of the faith. 2 Samuel 11, David. We all know that story. So many things for God. One sin. He's known for David and Bathsheba. Uh, Man, he desires her. He wants her for himself. So much so, he gets her, falls into sin, tries to cover it up so much so by killing her husband. Why? Because he didn't want ownership because it would affect him. Me, myself, and I. You think about those people a lot, don't you? What about Ezekiel? Even leadership. The nation of Israel would be established, see the work of God. And yet God will rebuke the nation, the shepherd specifically of Israel, for not taking care of the sheep. Israel was rebuked for this, especially the leadership, because they were taking care of their own self, of their own houses, not the temple. It's all over the Bible. And God knows that we struggle with self being self-centered and how bad it is for us. So he gives us pictures, illustrations, so that we can glean wisdom. But along the way, he also gives us pictures of who he is. So we can know that we can trust him, his character, his nature, his goodness. Jesus went so far to say in the New Testament, when, you, when he called out, people to be his disciples, he said, you must deny yourself to follow me. You remember that? That's one of those passages I think sometimes we just forget about. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 24, Jesus said to them all, not just those that were spiritual or unspiritual or leaders or non everyone that wants to follow God, if you or if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and daily and follow me for what whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Now, why in the world would God want us to be relying on him and not ourselves? Because when we do that, God brings us strength. He brings faith, hope, and love into our hearts and purifies us. And Paul said in verse 10, as he goes on and talks about the perspective of faith through a trial, he says, God he delivered us. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. It, God delivered us from such a deadly peril. It was a terrible situation. I was in pain. It was hard. This is acknowledging truth, but God is the ultimate truth, and He will deliver us, He says. On Him, we have set our hope. 
Why? That he will deliver us again. Paul says he felt terrible, but it was so that he would rely on God, and as he did so, it would bring hope. God gives us hope, and God will give you hope as you submit to him, as you trust him, as you surrender to him. Paul says God has delivered, and he will deliver. God is faithful and will be faithful in your life. You can trust him because he is reliant. He is reliable. He is faithful. God's faithfulness builds our faith. And when we look to him, it gives us strength. If we look at our own track record, our own efforts, our own inabilities, not so much. And the more that we trust God, the stronger we get. Paul says, in him... Jesus, we set our hope. And this was supposed to be a continual process for not only Apostle Paul, but for us as the church. It's almost like God asks every Sunday, well, again, will you trust? Every day when you wake up, hey, I have your hand in my life, will you trust? But in verse 11, Paul wants us to get one more important part about relying upon God. And it's a pretty important one. We're to rely on God's people as well. We rely on God through God's people. Paul asked the people in Corinth to pray for him. He says, also join in helping us by your prayers. Now, this is so important, especially for us as Christians, because we can actually become self-reliant on trying to be reliant on God. Isn't that a funny thing? Hey, be reliant on God. Be reliant on God. Reliance on God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. All right, I'm going to do it then. No, Christian. You still need the Holy Spirit's help to pray to Him, and you need His body to help you. You can't be even self-reliant on trying to be self-reliant. It's sort of funny how we sometimes isolate ourselves, but what you need to understand is Paul is saying the means of God's grace is through His people. I needed His people to pray for me in this area. I needed God, and God granted me His grace through His people to minister to me, to love me, to pray for me. And this is why we're having an afterglow service time together even tonight so we can minister to one another, so we can enjoy God's presence together and rely on God and trust that He can minister through His people. So that means I can receive strength. I can receive hope from others. And as a Christian, I can give strength to others. You can borrow some of my faith tonight. You can be encouraged by my faith. Paul explains this in just a few verses back, if you look to your Bible in verse 3 and 4, that chapter, he says this, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God comforts us, we go through something, and now we are to comfort other people as well. As we're comforted and strengthened by God, God wants us now to comfort other people. Why? Because he wants to use his people as a means of his grace to minister. So Paul says, we can do, you can do this through prayer. And he would often ask other people to pray for him and the ministry. Like I said, I was reading that book on prayer, and it's the example of the, the Apostle Paul and his prayers and um, he often asks other people to pray for him. Romans chapter 15, verse 30 through 33, or 32. I appeal to you, he says, join me earnest, uh, in earnest prayer to God on my behalf. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20, Paul would ask, pray also for me. Colossians 4, chapter 4, verse 2 through 4, he says, at the same time, pray for us. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1, finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Paul asked for prayer a lot. Like we often sometimes call the Apostle Paul the great Apostle Paul. He was great because he received grace through prayer. Paul knew the importance of prayer, of relying on God, and the reliance on other people to help his ministry, to help his faith. And we need to ask others to pray for us. Do you know this important principle? To be in fellowship, to be in community, to actually take time to request prayer. Prayer needs to be our first response. And Paul would often pray for the church. So he would receive prayer from people, but then he would also pray for people. First um, Thessalonians 1, 2-3, We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, I remember you in my prayers. Colossians 1, 3-4, In our prayers for you, and he goes on and says a long, lengthy prayer. Philemon, when I remember you, and my prayers. This is why fellowship is so important. And our fellowship is in the Lord. We can actually bless God by blessing other people. Paul asked for prayer. He prayed for others. And these things helped him rely on God more. It gave him strength. It gave him hope. It gave him encouragement. And it also gave others encouragement and joy. Others can see when you're relying on God or not. Look at verse 11. He says, Hence therefore, or so that, many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. The great result of coming alongside of others and having people come alongside of you is joy, is fruit, is blessing. He says, so that people will give thanks. You can live a life where you're giving thanks to God because God is working in your life, even in the midst of a trial, because you're not alone, because the Holy Spirit will minister to you and you can actually receive from the Spirit of God and be healed and mended and then pour that out to other people. But as you are going through a work, you can receive strength because you are not alone and other people have gone through some stuff as well. And there's this mutual fellowship Those that are strong help those that are weak, the Bible says. We're to do this together. Why? Because there's an interdependence on one another and it brings blessings to the Lord when we depend and rely on God. That's right. There's a great blessing when you pray for other people and you have them pray for you. And so in this text, he asked people to pray for him. Why? Because the fact is he struggled. And here's the reality. You're going to struggle as well. It's just a part of the life. It's not even a part of Christianity. I mean, we live in a broken world. And we understand this is not the way it was supposed to be. God made everything beautiful, perfect, delightful, and then sin entered in and it fall of humanity. It entered death, rebellion, destruction. If you sow things of the Spirit, you'll reap life. But if you sow of the flesh, you'll reap corruption. And so this is why Jesus came to redeem us and save us from this brokenness for our sin so that we can have his righteousness and be made spiritually alive again and walk in the newness of life. 
And part of that newness of life is not you and Jesus. It's now Jesus being your Lord, and there's a kingdom, and he has a body and a lot of servants. And you don't have to do this alone. Oftentimes, the enemy wants to isolate us in our wilderness season. But you know what I love about the Israelites? They were all in together. Even if they complained all together and got punished, they were all in it together. It doesn't say, well, you know, uh, Bob over there, he complained and this person complained. No, it just says the Israelites. You know, the, body, the Bible says that when one is hurting, the whole body hurts. We're in it together. When one has victory, we rejoice. We need one another. And that's okay. Because if we could learn to rely and be interdependent on one another, it actually helps us to rely more on God. Because I'm not relying on you or you're not relying on me. Our hope is in Jesus. And as we point one another to Jesus, the one who gives us salvation, it strengthens us. It builds our hope. And so let's learn from the Apostle Paul's example. Again, it's just sort of like a, a little hiccup, a little pause, a little topical short message for you tonight. Because we're, we're in this season that's really hard to talk about. Like going through trials, you need to understand, is a normal part of life and a lot of great men and women of God went through trials and they made it. And so can you. As you rely on God, you can make it. He will strengthen you. And he will use his body to encourage you. So as we close, let's rejoice. Let's come together and pray for reliance on God. Let's be proactive and say, okay, we know even if we're in a good season now, something will come that will cause us and tempt us to rely on ourselves. So why don't we come humbly before God and receive his grace now? And how do we do that? Well, it's through the gospel. It's not our own efforts. Jesus died for our sins so that we can have a relationship with Him. He made a way to have fellowship with God. And did you know Jesus, our big brother, He prays for us right now in heaven. The Bible says He not only died, but three days later He rose again, triumphing over sin and death, able to renew and to redeem. And now He takes our broken lives and He ascended to the Father's hand and He intercedes for us right now because Jesus knows our weakness. We didn't ascend to him. He came down to us so he can give us grace so we can rely on him. Why? So we can be blessed and give him glory through our lives. Not by our own efforts, but by faith in Jesus. And he wants us to remain in that place. So let's remember as we partake communion and ask the Holy Spirit to make us steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for we do not labor in vain. Jesus, we just continue to pray for reliance, to continue to trust in you. Lord, as we just think about just this one example through the Apostle Paul, I thank you, God, that there were men and women that felt pain. God, you're known as a man of sorrows. You've gone through a lot of stuff. You walked a life, Lord, we couldn't live. You were perfect without sin, but yet you wept. You had compassion. Jesus You relied on the Father, even to the point of death. But it was the joy set before you that you endured the cross. Help us to have joy in our suffering. Not that we're going to like it, not that we embrace it or go after it, God. But we have your truth that gives us reality that this is not our home. 
that heaven is real and we live for eternity and we know God in this life and the next is to glorify you. And so I pray, God, as we come before the elements, knowing what they represent, your blood was shed for us, your body was broken for us so that we could be healed and redeemed. I pray that again we would turn to you tonight. That in our own words, in our own hearts, we would ask, Lord, that to rely on you. Help our lips to open, to speak of a dependence, to speak of love, to, to ask for help. God, I pray that those that they don't know you, Jesus, they would call upon your name tonight. For your word says that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that you are Lord and rose from the dead, we will be saved. You cast no one out. You give us the invitation to come. I pray in our wilderness season we would come. In our wandering, being a sojourner on this earth, we would come to you. We would rely on you. Not in our own wisdom, but on your wisdom. We are not God and you are. We profess that, proclaim that, and we declare that you are coming again for us. So may we respond, may we rejoice. And may we remain steadfast looking to you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.